Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show dedicated to exploring everything interesting and mysterious in this ineffable universe we call home. On today's show, I have a special guest, Varun Gandhi. Dr. Gandhi is an entrepreneur who left everything behind to pursue his dreams, and being highly successful in that passion. He is also a YouTuber and a podcaster, and has launched several successful brands. A lot of his teachings revolve around how to sit with yourself and master your life, as well as the stories that we tell ourselves becoming a huge influence on basically everything that uh, creates our reality around us. Dr. Gandhi says that it takes an awareness to understand this subject and that in the modern days, awareness is kind of a superpower. So let's just get into our interview with Varun Gandhi. I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. So yeah, um, so how did you start your your business and everything? How did you get to that point where you uh, looked inward and you came to the conclusion that a big part of our lives are the stories that we tell ourselves? Yeah, um, this is a journey that began about 10 years ago. I graduated, uh, I have a PhD in environmental engineering, went to college for about almost 10 years, just under 10 years. And once I left college, I went into the workforce uh, working for a consulting company in environmental engineering. And as I was, you know, about a year into this job, I started having these pains in my solar plexus. Uh, this is, you know, like the stomach region. And yeah. it started off as a very tiny, very subtle slow, sort of pain. And then it, over three months, it just grew into something that I couldn't ignore. Every morning I'd wake up and bam, it was right there. And at that point, I made a decision that, hey, it's time to kind of understand what this pain is telling me, because I knew it wasn't really a physical, you know, something, a symptom for my body. It was something deeper than that, uh, because health-wise, I was completely fine. And so at that point, I started uh, sitting down with myself unconsciously. This is all very unconscious, very, you know, initial phases of my uh, diving deeper into myself. So I sat down with myself and I was asking this pain questions like, you know, what, what's the message here? Why are you here? And one of the things that popped up was, uh, it was a question and it, it asked me like, why are you going to this job? Uh, you know, you're waking up every morning, making sure you get there eight o'clock, eight to five, you put in your time, but what's the purpose? Why are you doing this? And I couldn't come up with an answer for that. Uh, so I, it's uh, about a couple months into it. I said, you know what? I don't really have an answer. I think the, uh, you know, there there really isn't a reason for me doing this other than programming from society, and people in my life telling me like, hey, this is what you have to do. This is your path. 
and everyone around me uh, following the similar path. Uh, and so the, 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 that analysis, I realized like, hey, I don't want to be doing this anymore. I feel like there's something greater out there for me. It's this is not it. And that's kind of what sparked it was one of the things that sparked my journey into solopreneurship, which is spiritual entrepreneurship. Uh, the other reason, now this is more of an inner journey and like personal reason as well. Along uh, right before I graduated, I'd gone through a rough breakup in my life, and mm. uh, this this was a relationship that I thought you know was going to be the one. I had envisioned a family with her, you know, living out in suburbia with two kids and a dog and all of that the whole life, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so a couple of years into our relationship, it broke apart uh, for various reasons. And uh, but then after uh, like three, four months later, I graduated in Idaho. I moved out to Idaho for my job. Oh. Uh, I, this was like a big transition from the East Coast to the West Coast. At that time, I didn't really know what Idaho was or I didn't even know it existed. And so I move out there, middle of nowhere, not knowing anyone. So this kind of represented my diving into the cave, like going into that darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this gave me the time and space and opportunity to just be with myself and not be distracted by all the other things around me. Well, the first year, there was a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. Uh, you know, every morning I'd wake up, at, at least in the initial months, right, while I was graduating, mm -hmm. the first three, three months, four months, I'd wake up with tears in my eyes, like, you know, something is off about my life. I know I don't like this reality. I like that reality. I'd have dreams of her. And so I was in a very, in a miserable state. Well, fast forward now moving to Idaho, I do all sorts of crazy things, everything that I could distract myself with. Uh, and it took me about a year and a half of drowning myself in alcohol and uh, anything I could do to drown out that pain and all of that suffering. I would do it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I, I realized a year and a half into it that, hey, I'm killing myself. I'm really slowly just walking to my grave with all these habits, with all these things. That's when I really got serious about my inner journey. And along the same time, I was, uh, as I was tuning into myself, I realized the pain in my solar plexus and the, and the career switch happened uh, right after that. Um, so that's kind of how I dove deeper into uh, my inner journey as well, and then my career, my uh, solopreneurship followed that. Uh, one of the things that I picked up early on as I was going through my pain and suffering in Idaho uh, was this book called The Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra. Oh. Now, this book is a, a very high-level book, at least at that point, at that time for me. Uh, so 95% of it I didn't understand. Uh, but the little 5% that I picked up the one thing that stuck with me was meditation. Uh -huh. And that was the key that helped me unlock a lot of these little uh, sh subtle shifts that have been happening in my life. But it was meditation, finding meditation and then being curious about it and making a ritual and a practice out of it. That's what helped me unlock a lot of uh, my suffering and trauma. So you just learned to sit with yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a self-learner. I like to do things myself. So I Googled what meditation was. And there's all sorts of crap out there. Uh, some things are true, some things are not. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started experimenting on myself. I had uh, just recently left my job and I was like, you know what, I can have a lot of time flexibility. 
And so I created a ritual. Every morning I'd wake up uh, and yeah, the first five minutes I would work on my meditation. Right? This was the initial phases. So what I did was the way it worked for me is I, I had uh, rented out this one room at a friend's place and all of my belongings were in that room. So I had to tune, tune it all out, remove all of those distractions. So I would focus uh, sitting in the corner of the room and paying attention to the corner where the two walls met. Everything was out of my sight. All of my belongings, all of, my, all of those distractions are out of my sight. Now the only distraction that remained was my phone. Uh, so initially I would get really distracted by my phone. Uh, so then I tried to put it far away, uh, but that still didn't work. Uh, because at that point, you know, I'd say, okay, I'm going to sit down for five minutes. Well, uh, I'd sit down, close my eyes, and lo and behold, at some point, I'd have this question, like, has it been five minutes yet? And then I look at the time, it's only been 30 seconds. And so that happened quite a bit. Uh, so at that point, I realized, you know what, I have to use my phone to set a timer. And so let me set the five-minute timer on my phone. This way, one, I don't have the question in my mind, has it been five minutes yet? Because the alarm's going to go off. And two, I could put my phone away, put it to good use, and then put it to the side. That way I'm not constantly being distracted by it. So th this kind of, sorry? I feel you on that. I do the same thing. I've been doing the same thing. I always have, except I use like a kitchen timer. Yeah. The timer was a real key for me. Um, and yeah, I was removing all of those distractions, all opportunities. And then the way it began was uh, I closed my eyes and well, for a couple of different things, either I was first, like I would leave it open and imagine a dot on the wall or draw a dot on the wall in that corner and focus on that. Then slowly I graduated to closing my eyes and imagining a flame inside of uh, you know, in my imagination or even a dot and just focusing on that. So that's kind of how I started my meditation. And then slowly it graduated to me being able to focus on kind of what was going on in my mind, all of those thoughts and how am I feeling and all of that. But before that, before I could even get there, it was removing all those distractions from my way and making sure that I could at least sit down, create a ritual and something that's achievable, right? I don't want to start out at mm -hmm. 15 minutes or 30 minutes. I started out at five minutes and worked my way up to 15 minutes and 20 minutes. Oh yeah. I had to start off small too when I first began. I've been doing it for maybe seven or eight years now. Nice. Same here. Yeah, it was about the same time. Yeah, um, pretty much every day too. The only time I've ever really missed a, a meditation session is like on vacation or something, you know? Yeah, but I feel <laughs> like, you know, there are many different ways of meditation, right? Like one form of That's meditation true. is sitting in the floor and, you know, in a posture and doing something. But then the other forms are like a walk, a walking meditation. So sometimes if I don't get a chance to meditate in the afternoons, I'll just go for a walk and empty my mind and, you know, just be completely there enjoy the trees and everything that's going on around me. And I use that as a meditation. That's true. That's very true. You, I feel like so you have different forms. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have done one of the other forms even while oh, yeah, I've done everything. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how has uh, stories helped to change your, your life, not only in meditation, but as a whole? Yeah. So stories, uh, you know, the, the it began that my fascination with stories began as I was moving on, transitioning from my job, I picked up this book called uh, Story or Storytelling. And it's a book by uh, Bob McKee. And he's a really great screenplay writer. So this book was about screenplay writing. And I realized through 
understanding concepts of screenplay writing, how real life is like real life. And, you know, they want to make it as close to real life as possible. And so I utilize some of the principles in that book to understand that, you know what, at every moment of our lives, we are trying to make sense of the situation. We're trying to make sense of people. We're trying to make sense of things. Uh, that's that are going on around us and this making sense of it is us in story creation mode mm -hmm. we're literally creating stories of the things that are going on around us that story is valid just as much as someone else's story like for example you know both of us go to the same concert you're with your group of friends i'm with uh, let's say you know my girlfriend for example and you're having an amazing time at this concert while i'm having a miserable time because i just broke up and you know, I'm single and now I'm, you know, going through this uh, horrible time uh, phrase in my life. So, you know, we could have the same experience, but the stories that we create around it are what determine our, you know, how we feel and how we are being during that experience. And uh, in this sense, I realized that, hey, if I just pay attention to what's going on in my mind and how I view different situations and different people, then I can... In, in essence, understand how my what my perspective is and find ways to upgrade that perspective, you know, like ch mm -hmm. move around my stories, change my story so that instead of looking at the scarcity point of view, I'm looking at an abundance point of view. Instead of looking at what's missing in my life, I'm looking at, oh, hey, what can I be grateful about in my life? You know, and so it's paying attention to, uh, and this meditation helped me to pay attention to these uh, subtle stories that we're constantly creating, right? At some mm -hmm. point when I first started meditating, I didn't realize I was creating these stories. You know, it was so fast, so quick. It would happen almost instantaneously, almost automatically. And, uh, you know, and I would feel angry, like a car cut me on the highway. And there was a story that, oh, he's not, uh, you know, giving my space. So that, would, that, that space belonged to me. And that would just automatically shoot off in my mind and I'd get angry. And I just feel the anger in, within a few seconds, you know. And all of that, the whole process that led to the anger is completely uh, like unaware of it. So it took me a while through meditation to become aware of this story creation mechanism. So the meditation and how you changed your own stories within yourself led to a higher awareness? Yes, that led to a, a greater awareness of, you know, what's, you know, how am I behaving in this world in positive ways and in negative ways? And at some point I realized like, hey, I'm doing this and it's, you know, I'm essentially beating myself up because of these certain thoughts that I'm having. You know, I'm push, putting myself down uh, when I get into certain situations where just by paying attention to those stories, I could really flip that and look at it in a different way. And instead of putting myself down, I can use that situation to bring myself up and empower myself to take me to the next level. Wow. So would you say that um, awareness, self-awareness is, uh, is kind of a superpower? It is a superpower, you know, it's being aware of your thoughts and uh, because we are, you know, in essence, we're automatic beings. We yeah, are being we're, we're pretty mechanical. Yeah, and we've been programmed over the past 30 years of our lives, 40 years of our lives. Essentially, the first like seven to 10 years has the strongest programming. And if we're not aware of what that programming is, how we are essentially looking at life through you know, the lens of our parents, the lens of our society, the lens of uh, uh, family members around us, our friends around us. If, you, if you're not paying attention, then 
they in essence have a strong hold over us and it's the stories that we've been conditioned to tell ourselves as well these stories that like you're talking about how you changed them so that they changed your whole life right exactly exactly and you know meditation and being aware of what these stories are was the first step into shifting those stories into the positive direction right and there's kind of a mechanism that goes on on a daily basis and i realized this through intense meditation again uh that this is how the mechanism goes like i'll give you an analogy we're sitting in a movie theater and we're watching this movie on the screen the screen is a tool that's being you know that's showing us the movie there's a projector in the back that's projecting what's on this film onto the screen so this projector and the screen are tools and then there's this film that's inside of this projector so the same process goes on at every moment in our lives there's a mm. projector that's called the third eye chakra our imagination oh yeah and this imagination is projecting all of these images and all of these uh stories that is that is contained in our film our film is you know our past memories our past experiences the stories we've created around that those past experiences uh all of the conditioning all of that data that we have accumulated at this point is stored in that film so we're utilizing all of this data all of this uh memory to feed our imagination with the stories and we project these stories onto the screens in our life the screens are you know the people in our lives they become a screen your your like for example your wife your your spouse your um parent they're all different screens in your lives the situations that you come across in your life the places that you visit all of these become different screens that we are projecting our own feelings our own thoughts onto those uh, onto those screens and that's the story creation process that happens on an every moment basis how did this newfound awareness of stories and how it can change yourself like alter your life it uh, so one of the ways it altered my life was us having this conversation you know me being vulnerable authentic being able to express myself and share my true feelings and my experiences that maybe a year ago 8 months ago would have been very extremely difficult for me mm. uh you know i would get nervous uh one of the things that i observed that would happen is my conscious mind would like go for a walk it was like a cartoon where you know like the little uh, animal is running away from someone and it makes that noise and it you know runs away in a jiffy mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. happens every time i get into these situations where there are people uh, you know like large crowds in front of me or being interviewed on a podcast like this you know i get sweaty in all the wrong places and i'd yeah. stutter and very nervous uh to the point that let's say about 10 years ago when i was going through my phd i realized what i was doing is for each of those presentations for example in national conferences or even my dissertation at the end uh my phd defense i would create a script for each slide and especially early on i would create a script and memorize everything and then i would go to the convention or the conference and regurgitate word for word i would just memorize that script this way i wouldn't have to uh you know i wouldn't get nervous i wouldn't have time to be nervous and lose my voice and then not know what to say next. And so I would be have to prepare to the T. Uh but this way I wouldn't be able to answer questions properly because I wasn't prepared for those questions. You know the, the questions at the end the Q&A session they're all random and the the, the most uh answer that the, the the answer that I would give the most often would be like hey let me get back to you you know that's a great question. 
I'll do some research and get back to you. And that's kind of what I would respond with most of the time. This was all of my stories around my nervousness and lack of confidence in myself. Uh, and so over the last about six to eight months, what I've done is being paying attention to my stories. I filled out my own life film, meaning this is like a, a history, like the film that's inside of you or the film that's inside of the projector. I was taking the time to create all of those experiences, all of those memories, the positive and the negative from my past and how they have affected me and made me into who I am today. So I went through the work of you know, sitting down and writing all of these past memories. How did they affect me? What uh, beliefs were created uh, in this process? How did it change my worldview? And using affirmations, for example, uh, you know, I've put some affirmations right in front of me that says express yourself. And the other one that says be you. There's one behind me that says, yes, you can. So all of these uh, positive affirmations around me have been constantly reminding me of my power, reminding me that I'm greater than, you know, what my mind thinks I am. Yeah, you've spoken at national events since then. I have. Yes, I've spoken at national events. I've uh, interviewed several uh, celebrities. And uh, yeah, it's uh, changed my whole view of myself. And because it's changed my view of myself, I'm you know, a whole different person now. That's an amazing story. Complete change and all for the better. All for the better. And, you know, in this way, me being my authentic self, me being able to share these stories, me being able to share my journey, I'm able to help more people. And that's what I've realized. You know, I would uh, cower, I would uh, shy away from putting myself on these stages because of that nervousness, because I wasn't able to express myself. I would, and every time I'd sit down to understand what my story is, I would always get nervous and not even get to the point of understanding what that story is. I would just get stuck in that, uh, you know, get worried about uh, just that nervous feeling and what's going to go wrong and what's going to go right. And, you know, it would, I would just be stuck in that phase and I wouldn't even move past in the sense of creating the content that, would, I, would, that I would present in these national conferences. Uh, so, yeah, this has been a phenomenal change for my life and I'm able to just be more free with myself, be more open and, you know, even have better one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. And so you kind of stopped uh, drifting and you just kind of knuckled down and had a, a solid mission. Yes, that's the other thing. It's, uh, you know, the nervous energy was, I was just stuck in that mode and I would just drift away in life. So whatever came my way, I would take it, uh, but I wouldn't want to, you know, create anything for myself. Uh, and that's the... Uh, that confidence, the self-confidence in myself has been able to, you know, push me in the direction of my passion, push me in the direction of purpose. And then the other part is understanding what that purpose is, right? Because I've been lost in my life, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And this was that phase of being unaware, not really knowing myself. Um, so self-awareness has helped me in that sense too, is what is my purpose in this, you know, in the grand scheme of things? Because we're here to do some magical things and I think it takes some discovering, it takes some uncovering of what that is, and it all lies deep within ourselves. Uh, and meditation and being aware has helped me do that. Yeah, going inward is the best way to understand exterior things. Yeah. Do you like food? Do you not like going places? Do you like staying home and having food brought to you? Well, you're in luck, because a thing called Blue Apron exists. With multiple pricing, there's a way to get the gourmet delicious meals under any budget. And it's totally worth it. 
Cryptic Chronicles would not promote Blue Apron unless it knew how good it is for you. With all the junk and everything these days, the majority of people sustain themselves on poison and don't even know it. A healthy spirit, mind, and body requires a healthy lifestyle, and the ability to take care of yourself, and feed your body all the nutrients it needs to function at its best in our highly demanding lives. You get to choose your own meals. The chef-designed recipes include balanced Mediterranean delicacies, quick one-pan dinners, and top-rated customer favorites. Unpack your home-delivered box with enthusiasm because there's a guarantee on freshness and the highest quality of all Blue Apron products and ingredients. Create magic following our step-by-step -step instructions, you'll experience the magic of cooking recipes that the master Blue Apron chefs created with your family's tastes in mind. With step-by-step -step instructions, so you never miss a beat and have to get frustrated about making the meal. I know I do that. At least, when I'm not eating a delicious Blue Apron meal that is responsibly sourced, quality ingredients like fresh produce, sustainable seafood and exclusive spice blends means you're going to have a meal that's top tier over the common fast food garbage most people eat. And Blue Apron cares about the environment, which is another reason I love them so much, with recyclable ice packs and packaging to ensure your ingredients stay fresh until you're home and ready and easily disposable for the health of Mother Earth. Do yourself a favor, and take care of your body and mind the way nature intended it, with a healthy meal that's also gloriously delicious. With Blue Apron, the yummy goodness is dropped off right to your very doorstep. So if you like food, and you like not going places, then why not try Blue Apron, and give your mind a rest from going to crowded grocery stores, and writing a list of stuff to get, only to forget half. Hello, my name is Nessie. You might remember me from such places as Loch Ness, because I'm a Loch Ness monster. Cryptic Chronicles is sponsored by Blueberry. If you're interested in making your own podcast, just go to blueberry.com or by going to crypticchronicles.com, click on the sponsor link. On the homepage, by going through Cryptic Chronicles, you will not only be helping to support the show, but you'll also have the best podcasting host on the market. There's no contracts, and you can cancel any time. You'll have free 24-hour tech support, syndication with your own RSS feed, as well as a plethora of other goodies that only professional podcasters use. There's no third-party sites to log into. Never leave your own website. You remain in control. All you have to do is produce your podcast, write your blog post, and then publish with 29,000 plugins to pick from. By going through Cryptic Chronicles, you'll have one month free of the best podcast statistics, as well as one month free of the best podcast hosting. So go through our sponsor, Blueberry, today. And if you can, visit Loch Ness, because I am very hungry.
So when did you quit your nine to five? I quit my nine to five. Uh, this was 2014, so nice. about eight nine years ago now. And uh, yeah, this was uh, a big shift for me. Quitting my nine to five and going into uh, initially it was entrepreneurship. Uh, my parents were against it. People around me were against it. I had some friends who had just recently uh, quit their nine to five and move on to their passion and purpose. Uh, and they were encouraging me, so there, there were some, there was some light in my life. But people around me were, you know, like this doesn't make sense for your life. You just went through nine and a half years of college, and now you want to, you know, leave all this behind and move in a direction that you don't even know what what you're gonna do. Uh, but you know, something inside of me told me like, hey, this is not it. There's something greater out there for you, and it's time for you to move in that direction. Uh, I had this was the second time I got that message actually. First time was, this was in between my undergrad and my grad school. I'd gone for a summer internship, a three month internship, sitting at a desk, crunching data, front of the computer in Excel most of the time. I realized at that point within those three months that this is not something that I'm excited about. <laughs> I don't really care for this, right? Uh, and so at that point I was already signed up to, do a grad, to go into grad school as a master's student. Uh, so I said, you know what, instead of just doing my master's, I'm going to stay in school longer, get my PhD and kick the can down the road and make a decision later. Well, I graduated and go, go back into that same job that I hated. And finally, I realized my lesson that this is not it for me. So it took me multiple tries. But the great thing is that I'm here now understanding, having a better sense of what my purpose is. And what yeah, and you're way happier now. A whole lot happier. Like those, those those friends of yours that were saying that you shouldn't do all that or whatever, they're still acting mechanical. They don't have the the inner knowledge or the self-awareness or just the understanding. They're, they're still just stuck in the way that they've been trained and conditioned to act. Right. Yes. Yes. And it takes that awareness to move out of that conditioning, to understand what that It also takes a lot of courage not to listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Yes, it did. It did take a lot of courage. And especially because I was really close with uh, my parents and my dad was completely against it. He had, uh, this is when I was actually before I was born, uh, he w was, in, uh, was working and then he wanted to try out entrepreneurship. So for a couple of years, uh, he had uh, started up a couple of uh, business and it failed miserably. He lost a lot of money. And so when I was born, he finally found a stable nine to five job that had was able to put us uh, food on our table uh, and pay our rent and so because he had that adverse experience with entrepreneurship he was pushing me against it as well uh thinking that uh you know i want to protect my child and make sure that he's you know going in the direction that he's supposed to go in which is that nine to five job that's the stability uh well that i didn't agree with that and i still yeah. did what i wanted to do anyways so i'm glad i took that decision as an uh, eventually, you have to get good at failing before you ever start to fail up. Yes, that's such an important lesson that I had to learn. Yeah, at that point, I'd like basically winning in life, you know, graduating and getting this job and having stable income. And uh, my whole life was like, you know, set because, hey, I have a, you know, living the American dream, but I still wasn't happy. And, you know, that's that unhappiness created this whole movement towards entrepreneurship. Uh, and that's when I started realizing, oh, the importance of failing and, you know, uh, going through those experiences and learning from them. 
Yeah, there's no better teacher than failure. Yeah. So how can you tell us about your entrepreneurship? Like, um, what is uh, what exactly do you do with any, all that? Yeah, uh, it's been a journey in that as well. You know, I let things come naturally uh, to me. So the way it started is I, uh, I was deep in my meditation uh, and going deeper every day. I was at one point I was meditating like a nine to five job. I'd have a nine to like a morning session, nine to twelve. Take a break, come back to it in the afternoon. Uh, so this uh, that whole time period led me to uh, my bis- current business partner, the chakra doctor, and. He had, uh, at that point when we first started, he had created this uh, guided meditation called the full chakra activation. And uh, so he, we met up, he you know, guided me through this. I felt amazing. I'm like, you know what, there's something here. Let's take it to people. And you know, this could be like a new yoga, a new form of yoga. Uh, so we wanted to, we, our goal was to uh, you know, create as many events and take this meditation to the people. And you know, we were able to put together events of 100, 200, 300 people meditating together for an hour. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it was such a fabulous time. Uh, you know, we had a great space uh, and it started off there. And then uh, through the pandemic, then the pandemic hit. Right before the pandemic hit, we had put together a spiritual festival called uh, Spiritual Block Party. And this was in Southern LA, uh, South LA. Uh, we had 1500 people come throughout the day and it was such an amazing festival with 10 different uh, sessions like yoga sessions and meditation and breathings and uh, it's uh, all across the board Um, and we had our full chakra activation featured there as well so that was an amazing event and then two weeks three weeks later pandemic hit everything shut down and going into that we were we were we were experimenting with a couple of physical cleanses. Uh, we had created, uh, self-created these cleanses and we we're trying them on ourselves. So when the pandemic hit, we said, you know what, we have this product. Let's take it out to the market and you know, work with people on an individual basis. So then we started taking some clients who had some health issues, who were going through something at that time, uh, some sort of disease, and we put them through a miracle food cleanse. It's a 15-day cleanse. Uh, and we had seen amazing results. People were, you know, removing inflammation, cleansing their bodies, and uh, it was a phenomenal result. And this was towards the end of 2020. So 2021, we went to market with that product. We were able, we bottled it, uh, produced it, mass produce it, and we took it out to the market. So it's a 15-day uh, intracellular cleanse, or a combination of four different superfoods. And from then on. Uh, you know, seeing the the journey of that product, we have created several different products, all physical cleanses. Along with that, we have you know, affirmations play a huge role in my life. So I've created several posters, like affirmation posters, like reminders for certain key phrases, like "Yes, you can" and "Express yourself." So these are certain products that I've created. Um, so the affirmations. So there's a, a physical cleanse, there's a mental cleanse, and then the spiritual cleanse is the full chakra activation. Uh, you know, going through the guided meditation and uh, feeling, you know, like an activated, activating your chakras, and but then feeling amazing after it. So that's the holistic view of uh, what we have created thus far. Is a lot of your stuff vegan? All of it's vegan, plant-based. Uh, I'm 100% plant-based and have been for the last about four or five years now. Uh, it's uh, even, uh, you know, that shift of going from 
uh, eating dairy. I've, I've always been vegetarian. Uh, so when I realized the harmful effects of dairy on my body, uh, how it made me feel, uh, I didn't. I didn't want that. You know, I didn't want that for myself anymore. So it took me some time. Some people are able to go cold turkey, remove dairy from their life completely. For me, it was uh, taking my time with it, and I took one aspect of dairy, like milk, yogurt, cheese, one thing at a time, and removed it from my diet, from my system. Uh, and so o- over uh, about six months or so, I was able to completely convert to plant-based. And that transition helped me, you know, ease into it. And this way it was more sustainable for myself. I realized now I could do it long-term by finding direct substitutes for the things that I like. Uh, and so that journey helped me reduce about 20 to 30 pounds of inflammation, mucus that was stuck in my body. Uh, you know, my fingers were felt fat. And when I made this transition about a year into it, my fingers now felt skinny. All of that inflammation, all that extra weight that I was carrying was all uh, removed from my system. That's fantastic. Yeah, I feel fresher, so much more energy, and I'm able to create a whole lot more goodness in this world. You know, I'm mostly a vegetarian. I eat meat if I if I know that the animal was treated respectfully. But I, I don't even if I tried to go full on healthy like you. I don't think I could ever give up nachos. You know, there are good substitutes for cheese now. You would be able to have your fill and enjoy it as well. (laughs) Yeah, I've been able to find good substitutes. So I'll give you an example. Yogurt has been something that I've always grown up with. Every meal growing up. uh, So I grew up in Dubai uh, and, uh, you know, we essentially had an Indian diet, Indian food diet. So every Mm. meal we'd have yogurt. And it was such a staple for me and had such fond memories of yogurt that I wouldn't be able to give it up. So when I found Kite Hill yogurt, uh, it was just as creamy. It had, you know, the lack of a flavor. You know, I I like that. I don't like vanilla yogurt, for example, right? I like it where it's the original flavor and it doesn't have any sort of additional uh, taste to it. Like some, some other yogurts have a different taste to it. So it took me a while to get used to it. But the one that I found was like perfect in all the food that I enjoy. And when I found that substitute, I'm like, okay, now I can make the change and move on to uh, being completely plant-based. The yogurt was the last thing that I gave up uh, because I had such a strong bond with it. But, you know, I feel like with every um, dairy product, with every meat product out there, there is an equivalent substitute. I think it just takes, like beer, it takes a little bit of uh, like an acquiring that taste. Yeah, absolutely. There always is something. It just takes a bit to get used to it. Uh, yeah, and then and then on. what helped me is watching documentaries. You know that uh, talk about the health effects, the health benefits of going plant based. Uh, watching documentaries about. I'm sure you know because you're already uh, you know looking at uh, how the animals were treated, but the cruelty behind these animals and oh, behind I can't all stand the that. Yeah, yeah. So watching those documentaries also helped me make that shift. Although I didn't get to the point of watching the animal cruelty documentaries because I knew I'd heard about it. And I'm like, you know, I can already imagine I don't need to it's watch gross, it. It's man. And like if you absorb that, I'm not trying to get too metaphysical, but you absorb that like negative energy into yourself when you eat it. Yeah. And you know, uh, the way I look at it is animals, at least the animals that, were, that are being eaten, they're getting their energy sources from plants Mm -hmm. 
So what we're eating, the meat that we're eating is essentially plant matter that's recycled. So why not just get the <laughs> content from the plant matter directly? What was one of the things that uh, made you decide to go so healthy despite like, I mean, other than spiritual reasons? Is it because there's like just so much poison in our lives? There is a lot of poison in our lives. Uh, the more processed foods that we eat, the more chances of this being, you know, this poison getting into our systems. Um, and, you know, you, you, you say I'm eating healthy. I don't know if I'm eating 100% healthy because I still eat French better fries. Better than most. Vegan. But yes, it is better than most. Uh, 99% yes, of people. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, although it's not always healthy, right? Um, yeah. But I feel like I can still enjoy those foods, you know, being still eating French fries and like, hey, I can enjoy this uh, every oh, yeah. now and then. Moderation. It's all Moderation. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one of the, the, the major thing that helped me was me paying attention to my body and understanding how all of these foods are affecting my system, right? There are certain foods that I felt were uh, reducing the energy inside of me, were making me feel bloated, making me feel sleepy, uh, and that dare you did that, making me feel gassy, dare you did that, I have these pains in my stomach, dare you did that. Uh, and when I removed dairy from my system, I did, suddenly all of those pains and all of those things kind of dropped. I mean, it was still there because of wheat and other things. So it took me a while to remove all of that from my system as well. Uh, but yeah, I was literally paying attention to my body during the meal, a couple hours, few hours after the meal, the night of the meal, then following morning, how long does it stay in my system? Is it come out in the morning? Does it take half day to come out? Does it take a full day to come out? Because all of that, I look at it as if uh, it's like, you know, a computer and it has all of this uh, apps that are open in the background and it's just sucking energy out of your system. That's what all of this additional material in, in our body does. It's there in our system and our bodies are trying to digest it, are trying to remove it from our system, but it's not being able to do anything. So it's just sitting there and accumulating and taking uh, or sucking out energy that are that could be potentially used and creating something beautiful for this world. Yeah, but what about dehydration on top of that? Ooh, dehydration. Now, don't get me started on water. <laughs> I, you know, one of the titles that I have is a water doctor. And uh, the reason I, you know, initially I had this a PhD in water engineering. Oh, wow. And so that was part of the water doctor. But then now what I'm doing is I'm reminding people to drink enough water, right? Our, our bodies, uh, you know, I, I kind of get this, I read this book called Your Body's Cries for Water, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. And in the book, it's something written in the 90s uh, by this doctor in Iran. So he was, his story is that he was thrown in jail in the late 80s uh, during the revolution. And while he was there in jail, he was observing the prisoners. He saw a lot of prisoners that were, they had lack of energy, they had uh, pains and, you know, they were basically like sitting in a corner and literally to the point of dying. And what he realized is by just feeding them water and within three months, within three hours, three to six hours, a lot of them were cured. And he found there was something magical with feeding people water. He realized that a lot of these people are going through these diseases, but it was because of a lack of water. And just by drinking enough water, you're able to remove a lot of the diseases in our lives. 
So you're that's saying what that the, dehydration is the root cause of many diseases? Yes, dehydration is the root cause of a lot of the diseases, at least a common disease. I'm not talking about cancer and the advanced yeah, yeah, phases, yeah. but at least a common like headaches and uh, migraines and ulcers and colitis, and all these little things that go on in our lives. If you drink enough water, most of them will, will be taken care of. But it's all these little things that build up to become a big issue. Exactly, exactly. And they, they linger, they remain, and over time, over years of these pains just staying in your systems, us not drinking enough water during that time is just uh, adding on top to it, and it leads to something much bigger in our life. Uh, so starting early, and you know, it's like a daily maintenance. You just have to do it every day. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe one day you drink less and that that's okay, but make up for it a little bit, drink a little bit more the next day. Uh, because you've seen plants, when you don't give them enough water, they're going to wilt and die. And the same thing's going to happen to us. We're going to wilt and die from the inside. Oh, yeah. there. Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. The show is sponsored by Blueberry, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout out. Go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites. Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. For most of all, thanks for listening. Dear listener, have you ever had a paranormal experience? A spiritual or esoteric experience? Have you ever seen a UFO or something that you could not explain? Have you ever witnessed anomalous activity that defies reality? Have you ever experienced unexplained mysteries of existence? If you have your own cryptic tale and would like to have it shared on the podcast, then call 1-800-757-6049 and leave a message of your experience. If it's what Cryptic Chronicles is all about, then it will be shared on the show. Just make sure you thought about what you will say ahead of time, and give a clear and concise account. Also make sure to leave your name, where you're from, or any information that will assist in making a clear picture to portray to listeners of Cryptic Chronicles. Once again, call 1-800-757-6049. That's 1-800-757-6049. We look forward to hearing from you.
So since you stories helped change your life and these stories helped your physical health as well, but how do, do stories improve your mental health? Yeah, so stories, uh, so Deepak Chopra has this one quote that I really like, and it says, the best use of imagination is creativity. The worst use of imagination is anxiety. What he's saying is that our anxiety is created in our imagination meaning it's not mm. really out there. It's something, it's our thoughts that create our anxiety. So by paying attention, basically our thoughts, which is our stories, so our stories are creating anxiety. So we have anxious stories being played in our mind. And this anxiety that lingers over time becomes into something bigger and it turns into depression. And then that over time will turn into you know, some sort of mental health disability uh, and you know some sort of disorder. And, it just escalates over time. And I feel like by paying attention to what stories you're creating and understanding how these stories are affecting us on a daily basis, you know, what we think about uh, certain situations, that'll uh, determine how we feel. That will determine how we feel, not just now, but over a long term, because these things are programmed inside of us. These stories are programmed inside of us. So we are recreating by the stories we're telling, how we feel on a daily basis. And just by shifting what stories we're creating, we can start moving in the direction that we really want to go in, which is happiness. Everyone, every individual, not even individual, not even human being, but every being on this planet is just looking to be happy, looking to exist in a state of happiness. And, you know, if uh, by paying attention to what stories we're creating, we can wa start walking in that direction. And it could change our lives because it's like a vicious circle. When you start telling yourself bad stories, it not only affects your mental health, but that negativity can affect your body as well. Yeah. And all of these mental, uh, mental effects also have a physical effect on our body. You know, as you know, uh, it's all, it's energy and, you know, uh, some sort of spiritual defect will have a mental defect. will have an emotional defect. will have a physical defect and it'll trickle down all the way to, some physical pain in our body. Uh, so by looking at the root cause of that physical pain, we can tackle not only that pain, but even go down to the spiritual realm and work on you know, what that conditioning is, what that thought process is that's causing us to have that pain and have that disease. Yeah, totally. Dr. Gandhi, can you tell me about soulpreneurship? Yeah, uh, you know, soulpreneurship is a term that uh, I used initially when I was I was in this phase of helping solopreneurs promote and market their product, their service. You know, there are a lot of great entrepreneurs out there, solopreneurs out there who have amazing body of work and amazing meditation and amazing form of healing. And I wanted to help them bring it out into this world. So I was uh, doing marketing for solopreneurs and I put myself out there as that. Uh, and essentially, I view solopreneurship as this combination of spirit work with entrepreneurship. And uh, you know, so any Reiki, a Reiki practitioner, yoga practitioner offering their services is a solopreneur essentially. Uh, someone working on the soul uh, and uh, you know, helping not just one person, but providing a service that can help benefit all of uh, humankind. Uh, I feel like that's 
the, the true essence of a solopreneur. And, you know, everyone has it inside of us. Everyone is seeking that, seeking healing. And once we're healed, now it's upon us to pass it on to other people as well. So is it like a form of mixing a spiritual practice with business, basically? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a spiritual practice. Uh, and uh, yeah, in a sense, business, you're providing a service to people that can heal, heal them. Yeah, and you've done a lot, huh? Uh, yeah, you've been uh, working at it. That's a, you know, it's like a daily work. You just keep at it every day. During the pandemic, how many people did you help? Let me check. <laughs> uh, so that project, we have continued all the way thus far. Uh, 2,000? Every Sunday, you you help, you feed about... Wait, did I read that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every Sunday, we've fed 1,500 to 2,000 people in the LA area. That's pretty amazing. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, another project that you know came to us early on in the pandemic. Uh, this, you know, I got a call from a friend of mine and you know, he said that, hey, there are a lot of people suffering. What can we do? And so him and I brainstormed and we came up with this idea of, you know, people have lost their jobs. They don't have their only source of income, meaning they're not able to provide food for their family. So how can we help them? And so we put together these grocery bags of supplies initially. Eventually, we moved on to also providing hot meals. Uh, so the hot meals portion, we have continued all the way until this day and all the way until the end of 2022, at least. Uh, we have uh, decided and committed to it, uh, where we're going to provide 1,500 to 2,000 meals to the LA community. So thus far, we have done about 185,000 meals. That's awesome. You've done a lot of good. And it's all vegan meals, right? Uh, they're mainly, they're all vegetarian. Uh, there's some, some things occasionally may have like, you know, pasta sauce may have some cheese in it built in, but we don't add anything else to it. So 75% uh, uh, of our meals are vegan. Uh, three out of four uh, items on the menu are vegan. The one thing has is pesto sauce and it has a little bit of cheese in it. You know, I actually have been working and helping homeless communities for years. So I particularly really appreciate that. You know, I, I really appreciate organizations that are doing the work of, you know, on the street helping people. What we realize is that there are so many of these people. There's so many people who are on the street wanting to provide the service to people. Uh, but what, what they lack is that they also have to provide the meals. They also have to make the meals and then go out there and feed people. And we wanted to take that off of people. We said, you know what? We can provide you the meals. There are already the, all of these 20, 30, 40, 50 different organizations that do the work. Why not us provide the meals to them? And then they have a much easier hand at just you know, delivering the meals into the community, which is what they love doing anyways. And that's how we have been able to sustain ourselves and you know, be able to continue this project all the way through because you've seen the good that it's done in the community. And you know, as you know, there's so many hungry people out there. I mean, oh, LA yeah. has thousands and thousands of people on the street. Oh yeah, it's really bad there. Yeah. And what we're doing is just a drop in the bucket, but it, you know, we're doing what we can. It's all you can do. You know, like when it's raining, you see a worm crawling across the cement. You can save that one worm, you can't save them all. Right, exactly, exactly. So Every little bit counts though. It does, it does. Uh, uh, you know, it's, oh man, it's such a, such a great project because you know, it's like, uh, it's all volunteer based, you know, we're not mm -hmm. gaining anything out of it. It's a dollar fifty 
uh, cost for the meals to you know all the supplies and everything. Uh, but every time we've gotten out into the community, like, hey, we need some sort of resource, we need some sort of help, we need more volunteers, we always seem to find them. There are always people ready to help us, whether that's in terms of funding, in terms of finding the resources, in terms of finding pots and pans that, uh, you know, because we, we cook in bulk, so we need large, large pots and large pans. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're able to get that from the community as well. So. It's been uh, very magical to see all of this unfolding. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating just how many people are not only willing to help, but actually eager to help. Yes, yes. And it's on a weekly basis. Like every week we need 25 to 30 volunteers to make this happen and they all show up. And you know, that's the power of storytelling, right? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, sharing these stories and, you know, putting it out there that... Uh, Hey, there are people suffering and let's do our part. Yeah, all it takes is a little bit from everybody. Yes, yeah. So what do you have going on with your life right now? Not only um, in like the entrepreneur type stuff, but just as a, a general overarching view, what's going on with you in your life? Well, uh, my wife and I are about to welcome our first kid. Oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Looking forward to it. That's gonna be in about uh, six weeks or so. Uh, it's very close, and that's going to be a lot of our life right now is uh, being new parents and learning what that means and how to you know take care of a little one. That's really exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, you know, other than that, I'm continuing going to be working on this, uh, the feeding people. So every Sunday morning, I'll be mm -hmm. there. Uh, if there are people listening to the show and they want to help out, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I can point you in the right direction. If you're in the LA area, you're looking to volunteer for three, four hours on a Sunday morning, please reach out to me. We always need more volunteers. How might one of the listeners contact you? Uh, the two ways, Instagram is a great way. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Varun Gandhi. If you type that in, that should uh, show up. Or uh, my website, which is drvarungandhi.com. And you can... Uh, you know, reach out to me on either form and uh, I'll be happy to get in touch with you. You're also on YouTube, right? Yes, I'm also on YouTube. I have a little show that I do where I interview people uh, and get to understand what their stories are. The show is called What's Your Story? And that's on uh, YouTube. So if you search What's Your Story, Dr. Varun Gandhi, that'll show up. Excellent. So there you go. There's tons of ways to hit him up if you want to help out. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, we're coming to a close, and I would just like to say that uh, it was uh, an honor to talk to you. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Love and abundance, everyone. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Varun Gandhi, and I hope to have you on again sometime. Yeah, I would love for that. I would love for that. I'm constantly learning lessons, and I'd love to share more. Yeah, we should probably uh, do back and forth on more spiritual aspects sometime and go a little bit more in-depth, maybe talk about the shadow and stuff. Yes, yes, let's do it. I'm all, all up, I'm up for it. All right. Well, until next time, sir. Thank you, Tim. You have, Thank you. you have a fantastic day. You too. Love and abundance.
That's all for today's episode. Um, a link to all of Dr. Gandhi's stuff will be in the show notes. Definitely go check out his YouTube channel. Definitely go support his um, his work with the homeless in any way you can, if you can. Times are tough. And wow, what, a, what an interesting guy, right? Hopefully we'll see him later on another episode. Maybe we can get like a little bit more esoteric or metaphysical, a little bit more. I mean, I asked him I wanted to talk about the shadow, so that would be cool. Anyway, Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all podcast hubs. You look for us somewhere there. If you can, listener, please make sure to like, comment, or review wherever you hear this content. The interaction makes algorithms like the episode and will so spread it and suggest it to people basically across all platforms, and it will really just help me out a lot. Though the show is free to listen to, the cost and time to produce it is substantial. By pleasing the gods of the algorithm, you are doing more than your part in support. And if you really, really like Cryptic Chronicles and you happen to be awesome, then support the show on Patreon. For just a dollar, you can unlock full uncensored shows with no ads or anything like that. Be able to listen to episodes months before it's available to the public. Though that's mostly just my solo episodes, not the not the um, the guest episodes or the interviews or anything like that. There's also a couple, only a handful of exclusive episodes you can find in there, including one where I'm interviewed. And depending on the pledge, you can get a bunch of other cool stuff as well, but you'll definitely be able to choose a topic of a, a video or a podcast episode. And don't forget to join the Discord channel where we can steer the topics of future shows and kind of guide the ship on where Cryptic Chronicles is headed. Just go to crypticchronicles.com and at the top, click on the Chronicler's Vault. It's a link to Patreon, so you'll be good to go. And as always, I'd like to thank my current patrons, MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Max, Michael Worrell, Jimmy Woods, Brodius, Sophia Owens, Scott Wellman, Beware the Q, Ashley Thompson, Matt Poland, Johnny Wick, and our newest patron, uh, correct me if I say this wrong, uh, D. Yale Adams. Thank you so much for supporting the show, but most of all, thanks for listening. And as one of the greatest painters who ever lived once said, if you hear a voice within you say, you cannot paint, then by all means paint, and that voice will be silenced. <laughs>